This is the Gate Charlotte Podcast. You're listening to a message by Pastor John Matthews. I, I want to talk to you about something that I don't know that I've ever really talked about it before, and I'm, I have to be honest, it's, it's a topic that's a little... Um, I'm going to try to be careful, but I'm also going to speak the truth that the Lord's put on my heart this morning. How many of you know that any time that we... We address things, whether it be previous, forward, it always needs to be from a heart of honor. And a heart of honor is, is really, really honoring somebody as a position of the heart. Honoring a person is seeing what Jesus sees in them. Come on, young adults, I just talked to you the Friday night at my house. Give me an amen if you're young, all right? Um, and so, uh, honor is a position of the heart that we always need to walk in, but just be... It doesn't mean that we need to get stuck, though, in something how we did it previously when God's giving revelation of how many know that we're always going from glory to glory? How many know to go from glory to glory, your mind has to change, too? It's all amen until it's the thing you don't want to change your mind about. And then it's like, oh, did you have to go there? And, and so this morning, I want to talk to you about something that, for, for me, is something that I've grown up in the church, I've heard a lot about. We hear the words all the time, we hear people talk about it all the time, but I actually think that we may have uh, some misunderstanding a little bit about it, and it's the topic of revival or outpouring or, or whatever you want to call it, but it's on the topic of, let's just say, revival. Everybody has a different, like, everybody has a different opinion on what revival looks like. If I were to go through this room and say, what's revival look like to you? Some of you would be like, souls and more souls. It's my evangelist. <laughs> then my supernatural people are signs, wonders, and miracles. Right? And then you've got people that are like, a tent outside for a week. We are in the south, right? Some people are going to say it's bringing in speakers and lining them up, right? All of these can be a part of an outpouring. There's nothing wrong with any of these things. But none of these are the things that actually release an outpouring. The, uh, what can happen is, is we can be thinking that if we do all of the right things, we put A and B together, and then we get C that we're going to have revival. One of the things you'll notice with the Father is that he never did the same thing twice. Jesus, when he walked the earth, every time he healed somebody, it was different. And it was sometimes weird. Let me, let me just hock a loogie in the dirt and <laughs> stick it in your eyes, and then you're here. <laughs> Can you imagine if we brought that one back? I mean, how that would go. But the, but the other times he says, go, you know, go do this, or go do this. And, and there was, never did he work in a pattern because it's our nature to try to pick up patterns instead of relying upon the Holy Spirit. Think about this. Think about even reading your Bible. I'm, I'm, this isn't even in my notes. This is going to be interesting. Um, think about reading your Bible. There's, 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 there's scriptures. Your Bible... Your scriptures were, were never meant to be just a manual for life. Here's why. Manuals are created for somebody to tell them what to do when the creator is not present. That's what a manual is. I need a manual when the person that designed it isn't around me and I need something that tells me how to do it. This Bible was always meant to work in relationship with the creator, revealing just as much about him as he does about you. And here's the thing, if you read this separate from relationship, it can be really confusing. <laughs> See, remember, remember when Jesus told the disciples, go into all the earth and preach the gospel, right? Remember when Paul was just going into the earth and preaching all the gospel? And Jesus said, stop, don't go there. Remember he was on his way to Asia? What happened? He was following, the, they didn't have this yet. 
he was following what the word of God told him to do, but it had to work in relationship with him because he said, no, actually, I don't want you to go there right now. I want you to go over here to Macedonia. What's the point? We always need to work in relationship with the Holy Spirit. We always need to read our Bible in relationship with the Holy Spirit. We never can remove, if, if we're not careful and we think that, oh, if we do this and this and this, we're going to have an outpouring. As long as, <laughs> you're really quiet. I haven't even got into my sermon yet. It's my intro, guys. I prayed extra before this one. <laughs> no, seriously, I prayed a long time. I'm like, Lord, if you're going to have me talk about revival in the deep south, you're going to have to give me some help here. Because we have a way of thinking of what it looks like. The problem is, is that if we put all of revival on God's shoulders, it removes us from the equation. And then you're saying, whenever God's ready, he'll pour out a spirit. But if you're doing that, you're actually blaming him for the church being dead. We have to take responsibility for what we're supposed to do. I want, I believe, I had a dream, and I'll, I'll tell you about this real quickly. I had a dream about, about an outpouring, and I believe, it's, I believe that God is going to bring us into a major outpouring. I had a dream. I've told most of you this, but many of you are new, so you haven't heard it. Uh, long story short, I was in this, this, this water, it's a waterway, a spillway, and then you've got a, a big dam, and I was here with the church, and we were having a good time, and we didn't know where we were. And in this dream, I, I turned around, and I looked up and saw this dam, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, this is, yeah. and then I started getting nervous, because I'm like, if this all opens up, we're in trouble. And I remember in my dream, there was a couple things really specific. People, one person specifically, and I, I feel like I know what it means, but not enough to talk about it yet. One person specifically in my dream tried to climb out, and I felt like, God was saying that many people that have been through revivals, outpourings, and things like that often are, have been through some hard stuff too. And the idea of sometimes another outpouring revival scares people because they're like, I've been through that. Sometimes they can actually come through if they're not handled right and they can actually wipe out a church afterwards if it's not handled right. And so that person was trying to climb out. They fell. We caught them. Good news, you can't get out. <laughs> Better leave now if you want out. <laughs> but it, and, and, then, and then you hear this, this, the beeping is going off, this ah, 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 and then there's this outpouring. And then we're all taken away by this outpouring. And it was this amazing experience, and it was a very vivid dream for me. And so with that being said, I want to say something. I believe that there's going to be a massive outpouring of his spirit, a massive outpouring of his presence. What I want to talk about is that it's typically, it's going to come, I think, differently than what we're looking for. That's what I want to talk about. Not saying there won't be one, because I believe there will be. But I think it's going to come differently. Are you with me? I strongly believe that the church, I, I love reading through history of people that were revivalists. They went different places and had outpourings of the Spirit. I love reading about their lives. I, I love seeing the power of God they carry. I love just, I love studying all that stuff. And I believe that God never, uh, sometimes it's like we've built our churches where we separate. Well, like this is a word church and this is a power church. It's like we've divorced the spirit from the word somehow. When God's saying no, you can be a word church and a power church. I think one of the places that we may have taken a wrong turn is by making normal Christian life and taking it and making it into a special event and calling it revival when it was always meant to be the normal Christian life. <laughs> I, f I feel really strongly in my spirit that this is an area that we've kind of... the. the 
I, I, I won't speak for everybody, but I just feel like it's an area that I have seen that much of the church has gotten kind of went off the tracks because what the early church walked in and they considered normal, we consider abnormal. But it was completely normal for them. And I've heard, man, I've heard, again, I'm being really careful this morning not to, to bash anything. Really want to honor everybody. I've heard prophecies that say revival is going to start every different position on the map and then sweep this way or that way or that way. Like it's going to start on the east coast and it's going to go to the west. I've heard say it's going to hit the west then it's going to go down here and over here. I, I mean it. I've heard all different ones. The thing that can be a problem is, is that we can actually sit back and wait for it. And say, well, you know, it's going to start over there, so if it's starting in the west, we're going to have to just hang tight in the east. <laughs> and we're over there looking at the west. Come on, guys. <laughs> we're waiting in the east. And then over here in the west, they're saying, guys, it was supposed to start in the east. <laughs> Who's right? Honestly, they can all be right. It starts wherever people get hungry enough to release it. <laughs> I'm just debating how far I want to go. All right, you're an all-the-way church. There's no prophecies in your Bible in the New Testament about revivals. There's not a scripture in the New Testament that prophesies about a move of God or a revival because they didn't believe anything had ever died. They walked and did life in understanding that the kingdom of God was alive as it ever needed to be or ever was. And we don't need a reviving. We need to just release what's in us. And we have somehow, we have, we've switched over to thinking, Lord, revive, revive, revive. And the reality is, is that you are filled with every spiritual blessing. All you have to do is just release it. I, but, but the problem is, is that we're taught over and over and over how bad you are. God is good, but I'm a loser. That's, that's kind of the feeling that you can get. Because often, ministry leaders, it's easier to get people to go where they want with fear than to raise up powerful people. And things happen when you have a group full of powerful people, let's be honest. <laughs> Messes happen. I remember reading Acts, I don't think I'm going to get in it today, but when you read about Acts 2 when the Holy Spirit was poured out, you see all this stuff like there was chaos, they were, they were like, people thought they were drunk, people mocked them, all of these things that it's like, you just realize when, God, when, you, when God's kids begin to release what's in them, it all comes with it. And the thing the Lord was challenging me that, that, that started this process of thinking was, what are you willing to pay? What are you willing to pay? I want to tell you just, I'm going to tell you a little bit of my story and some of the things that the Lord did in my heart. When we were uh, about two or three years ago, we had sold our house, and I've told this before, so if you, if you go here, bear with me. Um, we were living in that house before it was offices out there. Living on the church property is no fun, by the way. Um, <laughs> and we were living there, and it was like just frustrating. We hadn't found the house we wanted. How many of you know when you're... you're your wife sells her home, and she's ready to get a new home, and it's not happening. Things start getting frustrating. And then you start like, well, that house looks decent enough. You know, it's like, and, and so we're living up there, and, and the church is, is going through some challenging times. We're in transition. Things are shifting. We'd had some prophetic words. One of the prophetic words that I had gotten was from someone named Randy Clark, and he had told us, he said, listen, you're... You're, you're going to be a part of churning a ship. And he's like, when you churn a ship, it's not easy. And he said, just listen, God's going to reduce you to strength like Gideon's army. But don't confuse your size for strength. People, people look out and see a small group sometimes. They may, don't confuse strength and size. 
And, and so that wasn't one of those words that was like, awesome. <laughs> like, oh, that sounds like a lot of work. And, and so, so, you know, we were going through transition. Things were changing. And um, just was like, didn't feel like it was picking up. And I remember we were living up there, and it was the coldest day of that year. It was really cold. Not like where you northerners are from, cold, but like cold for here. It's like 50 degrees, guy. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Rabbit trail. My wife's like, did you know it's cold in Rochester in like August? She's like, I, you know what I brought clothing-wise? So back on point. Um, so it was really cold, though. I mean, it was like a chilly day. And I remember I wrapped up, and I went, I'm like, I'm going to walk around this property until I get done talking to God. Some of you just need to do that sometimes. He's a good enough dad just to let you just blah. And so I just went outside, went blah on God. It's like I was walking around, I was having a pity party. Kind of sounded like how some of the Psalms start, like, whoa, is me. You've forsaken me, God. And you're having this thing. And I remember at some point in the conversation between me and the Lord, I just said, what is, what is it that you need to see from me that you know that I have faith and I trust you? Have I not shown you that yet? And I just remember he so, so calmly said back to me, he said, I know how much you trust me. He said, I'm seeing what you can handle because I need to know how much I can pour out on you. See, that changed the whole game. I'm like, bring it on. I'm like, if, if I'm in the process of, of, of God's the, seeing how strong my test line is, bring it on. But I believe that something happens, and, and you can see God's done amazing things, but I believe there's places, though, where it may start off with one heart, and then it goes to a few hearts, but there comes places that if we want to see tremendous increase, there needs to be a resounding yes in the whole house. My yes is not big enough for you. It's just for me. And I feel like God is saying this morning, you really need to just think, what are you willing to do? Like, are you willing to be mocked? I know this is not the blessing sermon, everybody. It's like, oh. But honestly, are, are, are you willing to have things said? And he began to just go through my heart and say, you need to talk about this with the house because where I'm taking you, things will be said. But what are you willing, where are you willing to go? When it comes to outpourings, when it comes to revival, what we consider to be a revival of the New Testament church understood to be normal Christian life. They didn't have a picture of like, let's beg God to pour a spirit out. He'd already given it to them. I haven't found the scripture after Acts 2 where he took it back. He gave it to them. And so they knew, I've got everything I need. Let's go change the world. They had a healthy view of God. I guess that's one of the things that we need, is we need a healthy view of our Father. Because if we believe that, if we believe that it's like, well, you know, he's going to give this, 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 He's going to give this thing of outpouring to a certain few. Let me just kind of jump to the end of my sermon and bring it right back, and then we'll work our way up. Every single one of you carries an outpouring. Every single one of you carries an outpouring. Every single one of you that, is, that you love the Lord, you're here, you carry an outpouring. It's just unless you open up, it never gets to pour out. And the Bible said that it was always meant to be a river of life, not a closed-off pond. 
Because a, a, a pond without a source to get out gets stale and everything dies. But when you have a life source where it can flow in and it can flow out, you have health. And the early church understood that he is that good. He's given me what I need. I don't have to, I don't have to beg him. He's already given it to me. I'm, try, I'm trying, to counteract some, trying to counteract some thinking this morning that you don't have to beg God when he's saying, listen, I can't give you any more than I already gave you at the cross. I said he can't give you any more than he already gave you at the cross. To say that would mean that the cross was insufficient. He gave it all at the cross. The issue is not, Lord, will you pour out? The issue is him saying, will you just open up and let it out? My daughter yesterday was at her grandparents' house, and the neighbors have some, uh, some foster kids. And it was a very interesting conversation that my little girl got to have with these foster kids because they began to tell like some of the stories they went through before the police took them away. Very sad. Stuff like, the, I mean, they were telling her, like, the police had to take me because every time I messed up, my mom beat me kind of stories. Talk about a, a woe for a nine-year-old little girl, you know? Because, you see, my daughter knows that in our house, you know, they were talking about food and all that kind of stuff. See, my daughter knows in my house that daddy's going to have food for you when you need it. You're going to be taken care of. You see, God, the best daddy ever, just wants some of us to understand that the food is right there. Just partake of it. Just eat, guys. You haven't got to wait on the best evangelist to come through town so you can really get dinner. He's saying, eat. Draw near to me. The early church didn't have an didn't have a unhealthy view of God or of Jesus. Paul said something interesting. Let's let's I'm gonna read a passage from 1 Corinthians. Paul said something interesting in 1 Corinthians on this topic. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. Are you still with me? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 says that, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. It's never a great way to start your... <laughs> Mere infants in Christ, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, you are not worldly. Are you not acting like mere humans? I love this. Paul's like, you're not just mere humans, guys. You are believers. <laughs> you got to hear this. Paul's like, guys, stop just acting like humans. Some of us are like, man, I just want to feel human today. Paul's like, shoot higher. <laughs> he was saying that when you become a believer, you're no longer supposed to just be a mere human. The supernatural lifestyle is now normal. Maybe the biggest change that we need to make is what does normal look like? The life of Jesus was normal. I said the life of Jesus was normal. Are you guys hungry this morning? Like hungry for the Lord? Like I'm going to stir you up. Are you hungry for the Lord this morning? Come on. I'm going to push you. I, I, know, I know that it's more comfortable to just put it all off on, a, on this way of doing it, but we're going to take responsibility for our side of things this morning and say that if we want to see an outpouring, I'm going to do my part. Jesus was a normal believer. The disciples had a different way of thinking. Their mindset was just 
was, was not, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait until he tells me where to go. It was, I'm going to go unless he tells me to stop. He didn't say that I'm going to wait and I'm going to fast and I'm going to intercede for 15 years until I get a yes. They said that he already said yes when he said go into all the world. So I'm just going to go and know that he's good enough that if I don't need to go there, he'll say, whoa. Not there. Over here. He knew, they, they knew he was good. They knew he would take care of them. They knew that they could rest in him. They didn't have to wait on something. This waiting on the Lord, we have such a misinterpretation of what that means. It can't contradict when he said to go. If your version of waiting on him means not going, it's contradicting the word. People who wait for a revival will never start one. You can go back through past moves of God, even more recently, things with Toronto and places like that where we've seen these outpourings of the Holy Spirit. And there was always certain factors. See, some of you just think of it as a big outpouring, but there was always certain things that were happening. There was always a leader that understood that they, had, they, were, they were pouring out what God was doing in them. Then other people came, and they started getting it, and they started pouring out. It wasn't like revival is this place in space. That in the right moment, it lands on earth. It's not revival. It's not an outpouring. Charles Finney once asked, someone asked Charles Finney, how many heard of Charles Finney? It's kind of a bigger name. Um, Charles Finney was once asked, what does revival look like? And his answer was really simple, really profound. And he said this. He said, draw a circle on the ground around you, and inside that circle is revival. I brought props. No, I will not try to hula hoop. Y'all crazy. Um, (laughs) Charles Finney said, inside of this right now is revival. Inside of this right here, inside of that circle is revival. Finney wasn't waiting for someone to give. And listen, I embrace, I'm a majorly into the prophetic ministry. I'm going to tell you where that plays in, okay? Hang in there. But Finney wasn't waiting for someone to give a prophetic word over a region before he could see it saved. He understood that he carried revival. And what we call revival, Jesus called kingdom. What we define as revival, he defined as kingdom. When you change that one word, everything looks different. What is different between revival and kingdom? Nothing. It's just the kingdom being displayed. And Jesus knew. He said the kingdom of God, one time he said it's at hand, another time he said it is in you. You carry revival. If we want an outpouring of the Spirit, we have to open it up and let what's inside of us flow out. If you want the same thing that the early church had, we have to recalibrate our thinking to think the way that they did. Paul said, stop just thinking you're merely humans. (laughs) We just start saying that to each other. Stop acting human. You're not merely human. They didn't think through the filter of using words like revival because, again, they didn't think anything had died. They understood that the kingdom is alive. I carry a kingdom that is alive. 
Why is this important? I really feel like people can pray for an outpouring, good hearts, and it's right there. You know, the Pharisees, not to compare us to them, but, you know, they were looking for a Messiah, and he was walking right in front of them. But because he didn't look like they thought he would look, they never saw it. Could it be that outpouring is walking right in front of you, and because you think it looks differently, we don't ever get it? I don't want to pray for 10, 15, 20 years for an outpouring of the Spirit when I already carry everything that's needed. What happens, though, is I need to take my circle... And what happens is, there's Jordan's circle, there's Alex's circle, and all of these circles start coming together. And all of a sudden, what happens? Remember that dream with that dam? Why? Because people are coming together and saying, I will release what's in me. The kingdom of God lives in me. I love it. Our kids are starting to understand this. My, my, kids, my kids aren't like, you know, wait, I got to wait till Sunday. So, well, I guess I am their preacher. But um, so the preacher can pray for me. What? They're like, I got this. I'm going to trip on these. I see that coming. You still with me? You're not mad at me, right? Good. I would still have to say it. Because <laughs> I feel strongly about it. Jesus already took care of the reviving part. It's just our job to take the life that he provided and give it away. To give it to each other. Everything that you need, there's enough power in this room in the kingdom to take care of it. Truth be known, there's, there's enough in the person next to it. Truth be known, there's enough in you. When entire regions in your Bible were being saved, it was because one or two people just knew what they carried. Entire cities were being saved because a couple people just knew what was inside of them. It's not because they called ahead and put together a special revival service. There's nothing wrong with those. But they just, a couple people went into town and knew what they carried. And they decided, I'm going to give it away. When we, we carry everything that is needed to overcome darkness. When I walk into a room in my house and I flip the light switch on, there is not a war between which will win, light or dark. I don't flip on a switch and it's like light, darkness, light, dark. Unless the light bulb's going out, but you know, there's there's no there's no war which is gonna win. Light overcomes darkness. These guys were just going into different regions and just flipping the light on. Saying, I already have the power, we just need to flip the light switch on in this area. We need to change the atmosphere in this area. They knew that the power had never died. They simply needed to flip the switch. Everywhere you go, there is an open heaven. Everywhere you go, there is an open heaven. We were never meant to be spiritual thermostats. We were, excuse me, thermometers. We were, we were never meant to be spiritual thermometers. We were always meant to be thermostats. People that walk into a room and can just say, well, I feel this, this, and this, and this. Good. What are you going to do about it? 
I meet people sometimes that say, well, I just, I just feel the spirit on that person. I feel it. Almost every person that says that, I feel something coming off of them, too. <laughs> There's a spirit of lust on that young man. What's the answer? I will always ask, what are you going to do about it? Because that's just being a spiritual thermometer that comes in and says, you know, it's, it just doesn't feel right in here. See, someone who understands what they carry comes in and says, you know, we can change the temperature in this room. I've been at services, and I'm, I'm going to be very vague because we're streaming. <laughs> But, but I have been in services before where it felt yuck. Let's just say that. You walked in, it was just like, it felt yuck in the atmosphere. It was heavy. And I have, I have more than once brought people with me from my church. And the thing that I'm so proud of is I don't have them all just saying, oh, this feels yuck. I'm saying, you know what, I'm just going to begin releasing this. I'm going to be releasing life. I'm going to begin speaking this. All of a sudden, they begin doing that, and you can feel the atmosphere begin to shift. The pinnacle of prophetic ministry is not to be able to walk into a room and say everything you feel. It's to be able to come into a room and to change what you feel so that it's like the kingdom. <laughs> prophetic ministry, words of knowledge, what's the point? So you can release the kingdom into what he's showing you. Not to just say, not to just point things out. People know they're garbage. I don't have to be like, you know, you got a nasty spirit on you. They probably know it. Maybe not. See, I, I walk up to people and I say, man, I just feel like, if God's telling me that, I'll just, I feel like God wants to just release the love of the Lord and the joy of the Lord on you today. And then I hug it out of them. <laughs> we aren't supposed to come in and just say, well, I feel this or this. No, that's not outpouring. Outpouring is when you get a bunch of believers who know who their daddy is and they know what they carry and they can walk into any environment and say, let me open up and release what I have. It changes things. It changes things. I'm taking all the responsibility off of I'm, let me say this, I'm taking the responsibility for outpouring. I am, but I need everyone else to join with me. I don't, I don't bring people, trust me, I do not bring people into my church to speak that just get up here and say what they feel is wrong. If I did, it would probably be the last time they speak, unless something changed. I bring people in that when they feel something, they can speak life into it. And they get up there and they sense it. And I can see it on their face. They're feeling things. I can, I can feel it too, but they're shooting life, 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 life. And then you just feel like you just came out of a service where you just drank out of a fire hydrant of life. Everywhere you go, I'm saying it again, there is an open heaven. You're not mere humans. We should make a t-shirt. I am no mere human. It's mine. Just saying. <laughs> he makes t-shirts. We're not mere humans. But we have to keep the fire burning. Proverbs 26, 20. You've got Solomon who writes some of the most profound things in wisdom. Like you read it, it's like, whoa. Then you've got Proverbs 26, 20. Fire will burn out without wood. You think it's simple. Fire needs wood. Fire needs wood. I can't hold enough wood for everybody in here's fire. I don't have the capacity to hold enough wood for other people's fires. I hold my wood, and I throw it on my fire. 
but it's in our responsibility to keep getting, what does that look like? Pray, read your Bible, get in his presence. Get that wood and throw it on your fire. The world needs your fire. The world needs what you carry. We are surrounded by millions of people that need what you carry. Sick people, hurting people, frustrated people, angry people. They surround us every day. And you have the answer. I know I'm going, I, I, I know this is, may sound basic, guys. But it's powerful to understand that so often the very thing someone's praying for, you carry it. The very thing that they're praying for, the answers that they need. That was one of the things I started praying was that, Lord, I want to have the answers to people's questions. I want to be able to give answers for, for what they need. But it takes responsibility. Smith Wigglesworth said this statement, if God isn't moving, I will move God. Would sound arrogant if you don't understand the piece of relationship. I think Smith Wigglesworth understood something that also Mary understood. Remember when Mary said, I, I need you to turn this water into wine? And Jesus said, it's not time. And she looked at his disciples and said, just go ahead and do what he says, guys. Can you see Jesus? Like, Mom. Mom said, do what he says. Well, he, she knew what was coming because he had just said, it's not my time. But then she said, do what he says. What's the point? I'm not going to go too deep into this because this is really confusing, but I think we have some really poor sovereignty thinking messages that we've bought into. I just want to drop one thought out there, and I'll leave it at this. Jesus was relational before he was sovereign. Because to be sovereign, you have to have people to be sovereign over. The definition of sovereignty has to do with being a ruler over people. When it was just the Godhead, he was relational. Then he created man, and he was sovereign over man. What's the point? God's heart is still a relationship. That Mary could say, I know it's not your time, but do it anyways, please. <laughs> and that he would say, all right, now is as good a time as any. <laughs> and he does it. He's relational. There's something to this that Smith Wigglesworth understood. Because he said, I'm not going to wait on something to happen. I'm going to bring it with me. Mary said, I, you know, it's time. Mary had held on to that promise for 30 years, waiting for her baby boy to step into what he was called to do. Wouldn't it be, isn't it so interesting that it started at a wedding? His first miracle was at a place of a wedding. He's relational. Wigglesworth understood. He said, if God isn't moving, I'll move him. It wasn't arrogance. It was just an understanding that God is relational. It was an understanding that he knew what he carried. There's never an excuse to not be experiencing an outpouring of God.
a room full of kingdom people, anything's possible. I'm taking this on me too, guys. I'm saying that let's release what's in us. I don't diminish the prophetic ministry. I am, I, I prophesy and do all that 100%. I believe it's a part of the whole process. But I'm not waiting on anything to see God move. Because I can just release it. Told you it'd be a hard topic. I want to see a massive outpouring that changes my entire city. But I don't have to bring in a speaker for it. I just need a few people to join in with me. I want to see my entire community saved. I just need to realize what I carry. I'm not just a human. I'm a believer. I stand up. I realize, I realize this was a pretty heavy word. I don't want music just yet back there, so hold off on music. I, I want you to stay engaged for me one more moment. Church, try to be, not get too emotional here. My greatest, my greatest desire is to see a massive outpouring of his spirit. It's my greatest desire. When he asked me, if, what, are you, you know, what, what, can you, what are you willing to take? What, what are you willing to bear, however you want to call it? I'll do anything for his presence. I'll do anything for his presence. Nobody likes being attacked. You know, the devil attacking me doesn't bother me that much. It's harder when the church attacks you. It's when you're, honestly, it's when your brothers and sisters in Christ attack you that it hurts. The devil doesn't bother me. That's why they have such massive outpourings so often in the most remote parts of the world because there's no church attacking them. It's just witch doctors and stuff like that. That's easy. That's easy. It's when your brothers and sisters start saying things that you have to, I, you have to say, I'm locked into where you're going, Lord. And I'm telling you guys that I believe the words over this family. I believe the words over this house. And I believe that God wants to do something special in our city. But I believe that it will come with a cost. But I think we've got a hungry enough room of people. Yeah. So let's do it. Thank you, Father. I just want you to begin to talk, tell the Lord, just begin to express to the Lord your hunger. Just begin to, I can't coach you guys, just begin to express your hunger to him. If you're hungry for the Lord, just begin to tell him, Father, we're hungry for you. Jesus, we just want to experience, Father. We want to be able to carry and release everything that you've designed us for. Father, we want to see the 100% healing rate. Father, we want to see everywhere we go, Lord, that people are drawn to the goodness of the Lord. Drawn to the goodness of the Lord. 
Grab the hand of the person next to you. Let's connect. If you believe this, you believe that right now, outpouring begins. If you believe it, you believe that right now, an outpouring begins. So if that's you, I want you to begin to pray that the Lord would flow through you in a capacity that you've never experienced before right now. Come on, pray it. Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, flow through us, Father. We open up the gates, Father, of everything that we carry, everything that you've deposited in us. Father, we open it up and we begin to release it, Lord. And we believe that there is nothing, there is nothing that can stop, Lord, the goodness of the Lord from being released into this house, into our families, into our city, into our communities, Lord. Because we carry, Father, we are glory carriers. We are presence carriers, so we release it right now in Jesus' name. We release it right now in Jesus' name. Come on, we release it. We, it's a change of prayer. It's not asking him. It's saying, I open up and I want to release what I carry into my community in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Whew. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. There it is, there it is, there it is. I can feel it stirring up. I can feel it stirring up in our hearts. It has to stir up in our hearts. It has to stir up in our hearts. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. You can let go of the hand of the person next to you. Stir it up in Jesus' name. Stir it up in Jesus' name. Come on, let's not stop. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Come on, any cost, any cost, at any cost, at any cost, Father, we are with you. We are with you where you want to go in the earth. At any cost, we are with you. We are with you. We are with you. At any cost, in Jesus' name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, Jesus. 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 We open up. 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 just feel like we need to stay right where we are. I feel like we need to hang here for another moment. Just you and Jesus, you and Jesus, you and Jesus, you and Jesus. I, I feel like we're supposed to do something, and I know there's not enough room, but we're going to try. I feel like the Lord wants, I feel a response this morning. I feel, I feel that we need to respond. But before we do that, I want everybody to close their eyes just a moment. There are many people in this room that we've had, a, we've been through moves of God, we've been through outpourings. We've been through some glorious times, but I feel like we need to be able to say, Lord, whatever you want to do in the earth, that's what I want to be a part of. It doesn't have to look the way I want it to look. I just want to be a part of what you're pouring out in the earth. You and Jesus, you need to communicate that to him right now. Lord, whatever it looks like, that's what I want to be a part of. Whatever it looks like, that's what I want to be a part of. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus.
you, Jesus. I don't want anyone to feel pressured whatsoever. But if you, you want to be a part of what the Lord's doing in the earth, and you're saying, no matter what the cost, I want you just to fill up the aisles and the altar and just come up here for a minute. I know we may not have room for everyone. We can, it's okay. It's just a prophetic act of stepping out. We're not going to do anything weird. Well, I can't say he won't. I want, you to, I want you just to get really close right now. Really close. Keep your eyes focused on him. Keep your eyes focused on him. And I want you to begin to lift your voice right now. If you're hungry for the Lord, begin to lift your voice right now. Lift your voice right now. Lift your voice right now. This is you and Jesus. Come on, we can cram more people up here. Get tight. I feel like if, if yeah. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. We got a lot more people that would like to come up front, so if we can squeeze in just a little bit more. We're just coming into unity as a family. We're coming into unity saying that, Lord, our heart is to be a part of what you're doing in the earth. It's to be a part of what you're doing in the earth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, keep, 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 keep connecting your heart to his heart. This is you just connecting to him, and he's throwing wood on that fire. There's wood that's getting, th- whoa, there's wood that's getting thrown on that fire right now. There's wood that's getting thrown on that fire right now. Matter of fact, I just released, ah, yeah, there it is. There it is, just fire, that the fire would burn hotter than it's ever burned before, that it would burn with a passion, burn with a passion, burn with a passion in Jesus' name. Burn with a passion in Jesus' name. We take responsibility, Lord, for what we carry in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, come on, just love on. Come on, you're just, just connect with Jesus. Love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. I noticed some of you, this might be something that's really new, and that's okay. It's okay. When his presence is poured out, <laughs> it's okay. In Acts 2, they said everybody's drunk when the Holy Spirit first came. Because sometimes we connect differently. So just whatever the Lord's doing, it's all right. But Lord, we want you. 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 We want you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I just feel like I need to call some things out. I call out the champion in you guys. I call out some of the men. I can feel in some of the men, like there's just this overwhelming like heaviness that doesn't feel like it's got anything to offer. And I just say to the champion and the men in the room to rise up right now, to rise up and to begin to walk in what God has for you as men of God in Jesus' name. I feel right now something specific for the men at this moment, that the men would step into being the champions that God's called them to be. That you would release what God has planted in you. I speak over all of the ladies that you would raise up and that you would be powerful women. Powerful women that carry and release the kingdom at levels that, they've, that you've never experienced before. In Jesus' name. 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 Adam. Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah. Come on, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, in Jesus' name. Come on, I, I feel like there's something more. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's always more. There is no end. There is no limit. There is no ending. There's more. There's more. There's more. 
There's more. There's more. Whatever it looks like, there's more. There's more. There's more. He's mine. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.